0: So let's talk a little bit about why you're here and why I'm recording these. I'm not sure how long you've been living with developmental delay and all the pieces that go with it. It's been 11 years for me. And let's start with this picture. I like to call it the picture of a child. Whole child. Um, First we have to have a kiddo that's got joint attention. A calm vagus nerve system. Sensory integration to be at peace in their own skin. You can see from that purple box and the circles of sensory integration that we're talking about the five senses that you all know sight, sound, taste, smell, and touch. And then we're going to add three, the tactile, the body position, and the balance. Tactile is different than touch. Tactile would be the tags bugging you back at the neck, or your socks messing with your feet. Whatever makes you not like being touched. The body position proprioceptive is the sense the integration, the 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 big pipe of information that's coming into the brain that lets the child be comfortable with where they are in space. Uh, an example I like to use is someone who's a gymnast or an excellent athlete on the trampoline has a really good idea all the time where their body is in space. My kid doesn't <laughs> if you've looked at any of the Facebook posts, you can see that John does not know where his body is and has not for a long time, but we are moving forward. And that's why I wanted to share these years with you. All right, moving back to sensory integration, the blue oval is the, pro, the, the uh, vestibular, the balance. If a child has had ear infections Um, anything that um, you'll be able to know that the vestibular is off because as a baby, they won't like laying on a changing table if there's any possibility that's going to be wiggling. Now, looking back, I can see why he didn't like that sense of those ones that hinge. The the changing tables, you know, up against the wall hinges down like a bed uh, because he would just feel like he was always going to fall we had to develop a two-footed launch as another example and I'll talk more about that later Um, because he just never could trust the earth enough, trust gravity enough to take both feet off the ground at the same time. Did not know where he was. If a kid's uh, climbing up the stairs one by one by one or down the stairs the same way, kind of like great grandpa coming down or going up, um, we know that something's off with the balance. Maybe also into the proprioceptive. Okay, and then moving on to the green oval introception That's the most recently identified sense sensory sensory integration component. Um, it's kind of like kind of like the physical version of mindfulness. That once the body can read and be self-aware and self-regulating of how the the emotions and the uh, all the data that's coming in through the you see there, there's five plus three plus one. So nine pipelines of data that's coming into the brain. And basically is the only way that information does come into anybody's brain. And so back to interception, that is the, the body's um, acceptance of not fighting where they are in space, being at peace in their own skin, being mindful, um, going to that... Um, the antecedent, the behavior, the consequence, so that antecedent, if a kid can start to feel strange and they can sense, all oh, right, this is how I feel when I will start to have a hissy or a meltdown. So that mindfulness of the physical and the emotional uh, at be, being at peace. Okay, so let's move on uh, clockwise. It's about two o'clock now looking at the, the uh, it's colored turquoise on the one that uh, I printed for you. Self-directed academic learning, okay? And the reason that there's a bridge there is that when you compare, uh, forgive me here for this teacher geek speak, if you compare um, um, uh, androgyny, not androgyny, (laughs) Um, how children learn, how adults learn, forgive me, (laughs) it's not androgyny, Um, uh, uh, androgogy and then pedagogy. So a kid learns uh, 1 plus 1 equals 2, base 10 number system. It's a flashcard, just it's a fact. We're not renegotiating. As an adult with um, uh, a lot more latitude in what you learn, you have more opportunity to choose what you do and do not want to contest. So that's the the point of the bridge is that self-directed academic learning, research says, is the bridge between pedagogy and andragogy. Really important. Um, how that is shown up in the classroom or at home or in public with your kids. Um, you have to fade your prompt. I'm trying to remember that all the time. So my kid's been living in the spectrum for more than 11 years now. And I need to back off. I need to do less. The less I do for him, the more he is forced to do for himself. And, oh, yeah, there'll be plenty of pushback and squawking. And I just tell him that I don't listen to that. And I just turn my back and walk away. But that's, again, after a lot of years of working on backward chaining. So you don't necessarily have to do that to your one-and-a-half-year-old. <laughs> We're just talking here about terminology uh, so that you can understand um, just kind of start to have a filing cabinet in your, in your brain. Okay, so self-directed academic learning means that uh, the kid is starting to choose and then uh, take action based on that choice. Sometimes my son is so indecisive, I will ask him a question that a neurotypical child would just jump to. And he turns to me like he wants me to answer it. (laughs) Well, that's fear, right? And uh, then I just zip it back up or try to say the least amount try to keep my quips, my clever, snappy comebacks to myself. Um, Okay, so anyway, a little bit about academic, uh, self-directed learning, how important that is for a child to choose, to become in the flow, to be excited about their learning, to create joy and peace. Um, And that's because they're choosing. So in many of the posts I share, we have a daily list as an example. And I have tried to write the list in the air and have him just remember. Um, Not always as successful as good old paper, paper and pencil. And he certainly has dysgraphia. So he'll often throw the old con job back to mom about, mom, you do it. And depending on the circumstances, I might write or write and have him copy me to match it or have him add things to the list. So I try to always make it variable. I try to never let him have a rut. I'm kind of contra to what a lot of the people might say about letting that child become comfortable in their ruts. I look at it the opposite way, is that I want them to be able to handle the chaos of life. So I'm going to purposefully change things on a moment's notice for him so that he can begin to build the neural pathways to be flexible, to be adaptive. So I'm I'm pushing my kid and have for years and years and years. It does work. I'll tell you, that's how you build neuroplasticity and, and, and acceptance of change in life. And, and uh, you're not always going to get it the easy way. How sad, too bad. We're going to acknowledge that you're not happy, but we're going to change. And we're going to do it differently. All right. So these are just thumbnails, right? We'll spend more examples and share more on examples uh, in, the, in the coming files. Okay, moving on to the frog. So positive behavior redirects, self-regulation, self-control. You might hear PBIS, um, uh, the um, idea of metacognition. So meta-me, cognition, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about my thinking. And that's your frog there. So as a silly little way to help our kids start to become mindful, self-aware, when they walk into a particular social situation or a classroom situation, Can my kid stop and look around? I use this in the workshops all the time. Can my kid walk into a room and realize, hey, there's no other kid up on top of their desk? Can he be self-aware enough to catch himself and stop himself, impulse control, and try to match the other kids? I tell him all the time to match the girls. I don't tell him to match the boys. Um, He's now in, he has a few neurotypical role models in seventh grade, junior high school, in the public school system. In the early days, in elementary, I told him to match the girls. Also the same in karate or any of the other, like basketball, any of the extracurriculars that we would do. I say, watch the teacher match the girls, not necessarily match the little boys on behavior. Just trying to give him a real concrete foundation of how to act. Um, There was a time uh, back in the very early dark years where one of our doctors, um, who we are still with, said, you know what you need to do for that kid is get him connected to some bossy older girls (laughs) and let them catch him up on social skills. So I'll share that with you, that um, a couple of bossy girls have done great things for John. Okay, so moving on now around the circle uh, to the green uh, rectangle there, intrinsic motivation. So you probably have heard the comparison, intrinsic compared to extrinsic. Um, Extrinsic comes with a bribe, right? Um, It's a Skittle, it's a cookie, it's some kind of sugar-laden thing that you're going to run out of. And then what happens? Whereas intrinsic motivation comes from the inside. So extrinsic from the outside, something that you act upon the kid, but the intrinsic motivation uh, would be that they choose to do it because of how they feel, right? Like character is what you do when no one's looking, that concept. It can easily be a slippery slope also. I try to watch whenever I am forced to prompt him or just watch his general behavior, watch what I say, because what I say is going to be so powerful. I'm supposed to praise his effort, right? I would not say, um, oh, great, that's awesome, you got an A. Although he would not know what an A is right now. He would not have that concept of Oh, well, that's great. Um, Instead, I would praise his effort. I would say, I know you worked really hard on that, John. You should feel really proud of what you're doing. I should not say, I'm proud of you. It's far more important that I encourage him to be proud of himself. So trying to build anything, everything, that he can carry carry around with him for the rest of his life, that he does things because he chooses to, he wants to, how he feels about himself, because there's joy, because there's in the flow, because he wants to. And that would be so magical. A magical gift that you would give your kids for the rest of their lives. Okay, and then the red, the social-emotional learning. I just had my... Um, Okay, so um, social-emotional learning, that's the Cassell model there, that little tiny set of concentric circles. And the point here is that we used to not really give it a label. Now people are getting paid to be the SEL coordinators. And it it just proves that every kind of learning is always social-emotional. And the component of neurotypical peer modeling, right? Right. Um, at peace in your own skin, the academic uh, self-directed learning, um, the uh, positive behavior, uh, even the feeling good in your own skin, that movement-based learning, back up to the top one at 12 o'clock, where we have a proper nutrition and methylation and good sleeping and good diet. And so they just feel really good about themselves, and that will then affect their social-emotional learning, their self-esteem, how they feel about positive consequences. How they feel about being included and in self-respect and resilience. Um, so, um, it's everything is social-emotional learning. Modeling is um, how you plan ahead, how you collaborate. Uh, maybe you don't get straight A's, but you know what? It's going to be much more important as life goes along for our kids that they have friends and they know how to build collaborations and uh, uh, some of the jargon, right? Case-based learning, problems, problem-based learning. But the idea is that you can use work groups. You can fit in. You can. Um, you don't have to be all by yourself. There's not a, being a loner isn't always the best unless you choose that. So now we slide around to intrinsic motivation, and let's say that my child wants to grow up to be a solitary programmer, which I don't think that for a second, um, but, to, but there are many that that's, the, that's what they would like. So that if their social emotional learning is that I like solitary, I'm intrinsically motivated to want to behave and um, be around other people to the least amount or go seek them out when I want. But when I don't want, I want um, introversion and solitary and quiet Um, and I'm willing to self-direct my academic learning to that and I'm at peace in my own skin. Well then, great! That's a wonderful model, and what we would hope for all of our kids, just as we stand back from being too close. Or another example is get in the helicopter and go up to thirty thousand feet and look down on your kid, or down on the look to look to the situation that you're trying to help um, encourage the learning. So. And you see how, how is it that they could be at peace in their own skin, right, with the movement-based learning, the well-running machine, the methylation, the immune system, the nutrition, the good sleep, the good posture, the proprioceptive vestibular balance, the mindfulness component. And then that they would be going through their life with self-directing what they want to do. They're not a drone. They're not a robot. They're not an automatron. It's not just a, a lifetime of ABA. that they do, They're do. they doing things that they want to, right? They're self-directed. They're intrinsically motivated. They have a positive behavior. They're self-directing. They're self-regulating. Um, they're thinking about what they want and how to go about it. They have a list. They're working toward their goals. It makes them happy to get up in the morning. And they have friends and they feel even keeled on their emotional balance, their mental health, how they fit into the world, um, how they fit into society and into the family units and the community. Okay, so this is a quick um, overview of this slide. We've got so much more to talk about. Um, I've been doing these workshops for, oh my goodness, 10 years. I forget. Time goes by so fast. I've kept track of how many unique learners have been there face to face, not counting duplicates and not counting um, little small sessions, but these are like hour, hour and a half, two hour sessions. That there's been over 3,000 professionals, parents, educators, teachers, caregivers that have been in my workshops. Um, you can see that if you go to the website, Getting Sorted dot com and click on workshops. There's a number of pages in the drop-down. I just love doing these and um, this is my first audio podcast. I'm not choosing video. I don't like to look at myself that much. And I appreciate you tuning in. I'm going to work on building uh, a library of all these slides and all these pages and all the ideas and examples from all these years. So get it down um, digitally because there's kids entering developmental delay and family struggling um, by the minute. And it's kind of a, I look at it like my paying it forward. The repository of information that I've learned over the years from amazing people, uh, the giants on whose shoulders I have sat. And then to pay it forward, to share, to document, to just get it down in different modalities so that um, parents coming behind me might be able to find it. Um, So that's the God love technology, right? (laughs) Okay, so anyway, thank you very much. We are in the middle right now. The the COVID, um, if uh, you might not remember that, uh, depending on... When you're listening to this, but uh, this is the god-awful virus that's killing um, so many people, and um, coronavirus is how we started off calling it. So we're in an actual quarantine situation right now, so it's a pleasure to be talking to you, (laughs) because I miss it. I'm an extrovert, man, and I love to get in front of a small group of people, and we just get interrupt each other and just go at this learning stuff and sharing ideas and sharing what our kids are doing. There's nothing better in the world. So thank you. I hope you have a good night's sleep. Uh, your, your methylation depends on that too. Um, everything we've talked about applies to you, yourself. So peace be with you. And um, thank you for listening.